to Around Comics. So watching live on Around Comics, YouTube or Facebook, Twitter. We're a little hey, early. YouTube, how you doing? Hey, that. what's up, YouTube? My dog. I'm sorry, my dog is upset because the other dog is in the room. So there's conflict. There's drama happening. Shut those dogs up. It's one is maybe going to get more attention than the other. It's a horrible mm. sight here at the Neesman Conlon household. Oh my goodness. I know. You know, you're so unprofessional. Dogs in the studio. This would mm-hmm. never happen. This would never happen to the Eagles. This would. <laughs> what? Dog. The Beatles wouldn't let dogs in the oh, studio. Oh, it's okay. Music references. Yes. You didn't have dogs in Abbey Road Studios. No, no, they didn't. Just drugs. <laughs> Hi. How are you doing, sir? Um, I'm okay. I'm yeah? okay. It's Tuesday. How are you? It is Tuesday. I almost have a bathroom back. Almost. Nice. Not quite. Nice. Nice. My wife and I are fighting. She has a she has about a 20 degree temperature variance that, you know, in the winter time, um, it's if the house gets to be like 62, she says, put on a sweater or get a blanket. And and in the summertime, if it's like 80 degrees in the house like it is right now. She's like, ah, man up. It's not that bad. So, so her comfort level, this woman? I, I don't, her comfort level is somewhere in between 62 and 79 degrees. Um, uh oh, so I'm getting, I'm what getting, kind of a, I'm what kind of a eyes. monster, what I, kind of a monster are you married to? I know, My right? God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Reaction what is subject. This? I'm getting some major, major side did, eye coming Mar- out of the, did the Marta, like, travel through time from the 1800s was she like you know, living in middle ages she, she who needs who needs modern things like heat mm-hmm. and air conditioning we don't heat, need that. air conditioning just, overrated you just use a block of ice for your refrigerator too or just salt meat which no, one we, of we, no we dug a hole and we keep it we, yeah. we dug a hole 25 feet deep in our backyard. That's where we keep our, our preserved meats and cheeses. Lovely. Yeah. Like, now, now I understand why you got into to, uh, a jarring stuff, like pickling things. You had to because you had no modern conveniences. You're living no, like it gives, it gives a fucking me a, Amish. Well, it gives me a reason to go down into the basement, which is actually cool. <laughs> the cellar. <laughs> Tell the truth, Marta makes you sleep in the cellar. Yes, Marta does make me sleep in the cellar. I'll probably be sleeping in the cellar tonight. Um, oh, you got to quiet that dog. Down yeah, she says, screw that. I'm sleeping in the cellar. It's cooler. Turn on the fucking air. I know. Like, or we can just really turn the air on. You just click. It goes on. It cools the house down. So uh, so I actually don't get kicked out of the house. Um Let's go ahead and talk about some comics. Uh, for all of the, the Tom Caters fans, don't worry. He'll be here later. It's my way to keep him around. <laughs> keep stringing him along. 
Oh yeah, Tom will be here in just a minute. It's uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, no, Tom is Tom is uh, taking the the week off because he Don't is he's he is on a secret mission, um, uh, working for the MI five. Um, I'm segueing to Pennyworth he's here, but British. He's British. Um, we didn't know this. Tom's always been British. <laughs> wouldn't that be hilarious if he's... he actually comes on next week with a British accent? He's like, <clears throat> I've been faking it all these years. Fucking spy, man. Uh-huh. Tom Peter spy. So Tom, Tom will be back uh, next week. But if you uh, if you'd like to get a little extra Tom Cater's fix, you can do so uh, by joining our Patreon. You can become a patron, yes. which is over at patreon.com slash around comics and tom has been uh bringing back the tom versus and uh just uh just released tom versus the freedom fighters number four uh this last week so yes go check yes. that out and and sound oh yeah and oh speaking uh, of i need to uh I, I need to put a uh um a retraction in uh, from uh, ACTV on Sunday, you you misspoke, my friend. Oh, did I? That's yes. no surprise. You said that, um, and I thought at the time I was going to question it, but I didn't really want to. I didn't know for sure, and I I really didn't want to argue it. But you had said that um, uh, the Toxic Avenger was a comic book first, and that's not true in any way, oh, shape. Oh, really? Now, see, no, I it thought was, it was. I, it was a movie first, and then a comic. It was, yeah, it was a movie in 1984, and uh-huh. then um, in the 90s, like 1991, 92, Marvel Comics published like 12 issues of the Toxic Avenger based okay. on the movie. Okay, but I, there was probably two or three Toxic mm-hmm. Avenger movies out before the comic book. So I, I am wanted... incorrect and stand uh, stand corrected. Thank you, Sal, <laughs> and the immersive that. research department at uh, Around Comics. It was just kind of nagging me. I, I'm like, I don't think that That's, was right. I don't think he 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 was okay. right. Yeah, my bad. I always thought it was. Uh, I was always under the impression that it was a comic to movie property. And the only reason I kind of knew that was because I follow um, what's his name from Tromaville, the guy that wrote it, and uh, like okay, it, mm-hmm. it, the, the the schlock master. Um, well, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's a really interesting, weird dude on Twitter. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, you right. an interesting, weird dude. This came up uh, uh, when, on our ACTV episode, which uh, this past week we were talking about uh, Marvel's What If animated series, and we uh, we kind of decided that we're gonna um, do a do a crossover. Uh, here the next couple of weeks with what if and also talking about uh, Titans, which is on uh, HBO Max. HBO Max. Yes, yes. HBO Max. Now there, yeah, I don't think it exists on DC. Whatever that was, DC anymore. Universe, DC yeah. Ultimate. Yeah, that's uh, that's just their comic platform. But I had mentioned the uh, Elijah Wood uh, interview on Hot Ones, and he yeah. said that uh, his next project is the Toxic Avenger. That's interesting. I uh, I I wouldn't. Well, he's made some weird movies. I mean, I, he's done some odd stuff. So, yeah. and I really uh, like Elijah Wood. I yeah. I'll 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 wait for the uh, trailer. I don't know. There you go. Um, oh, speaking of um, of the trailer, there was a trailer. Oh, that came out. Oh yeah, we should. Um, uh, if we have the chance, we can wait for Tom to be here. But the trailer for Why the Last Man. Is oh out. yeah, 
Yeah, it did come out. Um, uh, I have already watched it. I didn't think about uh, doing it uh, on here, but yeah, we could do that when Tom next week. If you want. Yeah. Um, before we move on from Patreon, I did want to give a couple of shout outs to some new patrons that have signed up and thank you uh, for signing up on patreon.com slash around comics. So thank you, Hassan. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you, Carl. All three of you uh, signed up in the last couple of weeks here uh, to the patron. And we hope you're enjoying all of the uh, bonus content that we're putting out there. Even all my big geek show episodes that I put out like 10 a week. It seems I just talk a lot because uh, uh, why not? Why can't I? Why Nobody can stop me. I'm in my car. I have a microphone and no one can stop me from talking and putting out episodes. But thank you guys. So thank you, Carl Hassan. And um, what was the third name? I forgot. I forgot the third name already. Oh. Kevin. No. Yes. Kevin. Kevin Hassan and Carl. Thank you all for oh. being patrons. We really do appreciate it. And our diligent uh, every week YouTube viewer, uh, Wayne, uh, asks, are you thinking about Lloyd Kaufman? We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Yes, that's who exactly who I was thinking about, Wayne. Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman. By the uh, way, whenever I mentioned the Around Comics research team, I was that, talking about Wayne. Wayne, yeah. <laughs> um, Wayne, always there to double check us. Lloyd Kaufman was the co-writer, I think, of the original Toxic Avenger, and then he he's pretty much kept that franchise alive, I think. And and he does other, schlock, you know, like B films and weird. I mean, all that stuff, you know, lots of Roma stuff. Lots of naked women and, you know, weird <laughs> stuff. That's his forte. But his Twitter is interesting. It's it's oh, kind yeah. of like a, a, a deconstructed B-movie. It's just like <laughs> frame by frame of what he posts. It's sort of like you could probably put it together as, as some sort of weird grindhouse film or something. That, that, might, be, that might be in the works. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I read... Uh, a few comics this week and it kind of dovetails a little bit into our tv talk uh because this is definitely inspired by a, a recent tv show on on uh epics or as i like to say around the household epics uh pennyworth number one from uh from dc uh check that out Woo! and it is it is um kind of a weird not that's a bad way to put it it's it's a little bit of a mashup between the the dc universe uh alfred pennyworth that we know even kind of leaning on some of his history as as a spy but also um the the pennyworth from the tv show on epics which i i loved the first season and the second season was 
it may it may require uh, a second viewing, but it took a really really weird direction in the second season. It kind of it kind of embraced the the comic book weirdness um, that the first season kind of you know didn't didn't really uh, lean on too hard. It's it takes place in the in the Batverse. But they never really leaned into it hard until like the last episode of the first season, and then the second season just completely went into alternate universe like weirdness. Um, and so this comic kind of skirts that line. It's uh, it's written by Scott Barry Wilson uh, with art by uh, Juan uh, Gideon um, and John Roush. I mentioned John Rash because I really did like the colors in this. Um, it it tries to set up Alfred. It actually does a very good job of setting up Alfred as a James Bond-like British super spy and gets into Alfred's, you know, history from, you know, his time as a spy with MI, MI5. Um and then it flashes back to him as a kid, and then it flashes forward to present day old Alfred, and then flashes back to the 1960s spy Alfred. It does it gets it gets to a point where I think there's probably like one flashback too many, where it, it actually becomes a little distracting in the story. And it acts the entire time like a fun spy thriller. But then you also have present day Alfred who's been kidnapped and is, is waiting for rescue because he, um, um, he lets it known through, through this narrative that he has for 40 years or 30 plus years um, sent a message to a former colleague, Dave boy, from the TV show that everything is okay. They basically send a blind message, which is, you know, in present day is a text with no subject to it, but it's just a message that all is clear. And if that message doesn't get sent, then they know that the other person is either dead or in trouble. And so, um, so Dave boy is, is coming to find uh, older Alfred interspersed with these uh you know old spy stories uh kind of about alfred's you know history and origin and former love interest uh who was also a spy um so yeah it's if you like spy stories i enjoyed it if you like the alfred tv show i liked it alfred yeah i i really liked the first season of El of pennyworth i thought it mm -hmm. was really good and then, how much of the second season you just kind of petered out didn't you yeah, I watched about four episodes, and and it was so strange and weird. Yeah, yeah, it just well, I mean, it really reminded me that the people that made Gotham were also the producers, some of them on this. And as much as I liked Gotham, the TV show, it was yeah. extremely weird and really took a lot of, you know, uh, variations or sort of just you know left mm -hmm. turns away from anything that we kind of knew as Batman-esque or Gotham City or that kind of thing. I didn't mind it so much with that show, 
and I may not have minded it so much with this show if that's how it started, but that's not how the first it, season. First season was such a good mm-hmm. British, until, espionage, yeah. you know, show. Until, until the was it the last episode that it, it got a little of, weird. Yeah, it took yeah. that where you know they was the last episode of the first season. Sorry, spoilers, folks. Was that where they revealed that hit? No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, the first season I was pretty consistent. It, it was well, before. it ended with the guy, I can't think of his name, the dude whose face is now all messed up and he's got, but I mean, it, the last couple of episodes, that mm-hmm. was part of it in the first season. So it did start to get weird yeah. in the first season. It's when they but... brought his bad, his dad back is kind of like the, the wheelchair robotic, you know. Oh, I see. I didn't even know that they did that. I didn't get that's that That's when far. it took a really weird turn. <laughs> wow, that's way weirder. Oh, yeah, that's too bad. The, because... the end of season two fucking goes off the rails with it. They basically create Mister Freeze out uh, of one of the characters. It gets. It gets. I don't. I don't hokey. get it. I don't understand why. Like, you could have told ten seasons of Alfred as just. A spy is just a sort of, you know, secret agent. Not even he's not yeah. even a spy. He just, yeah, he was. A, he was almost a fucking a security. Gangster. He was a yeah. gangster. <laughs> yeah. You just he tell was... that story. I mean, you know, yeah, he was basically a uh, what's his name? What's the actor? No, but what's oh. the actor? Oh, Michael Michael Caine. He was a yeah. Michael Caine movie from the sixties. Like yeah. that's what that show was, and it was so good. It didn't need to be anything more than that. So it's kind of a shame mm-hmm. that they they fiddled with it so much yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't get it i yeah i feel like they aimed really high in season one hit the mark and then tried to somehow aim higher and and did not yeah <laughs> yeah but mm. yeah that's okay what are you gonna do watch you other things watch other things watch other stuff that you mm-hmm. like more so yeah well i uh i read a good book um defenders it, it's by a writer that i've never i've never talked about before uh, <laughs> never talked badly about i've never talked uh badly about him before yeah no i uh um it, it's all al ewing uh month i think for us like mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about al ewing books oops we'll, men- we'll mention trade talks after this yeah um but I was always a Defenders fan, like back in the day, Bronze Age Defenders books and that kind of stuff. So I I didn't even know this was coming out. I guess it was teased in like 2019 in the book uh, Marvel 1000, apparently. I had read that. I didn't okay. know that. But, but apparently this was teased, the sort of reforming of the Defenders. And uh, I was always a Defenders fan. I always liked the Defenders because I felt like they were... Uh, they just weren't the Avengers. You they know what I mean? B, they, they were the B team. They were kind of the B team, but yeah. but and I yeah, it was like Ghost Rider and but you had the the Valkyrie Hulk. and Hulk. Valkyrie. And, yeah, it was like basically everyone that had either like not made the cut as an Avenger or just didn't want to deal with being an Avenger. Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you you I mean you can't say that like Silver Surfer's power set isn't good enough to put him in the avengers he's just kind of weird and so yeah defenders what that i guess that was the appeal for me growing up is that that was the super team for like weirdos and outcasts and misfits yeah the avengers were sort of like you know the, the jocks 
Yeah, they were the the superstars. They were the the all stars. They were the best and the best, you know. And it's like, ah, that's fine, but they were I, Cobra I, Kai. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We needed <laughs> we needed Yagi Do karate at some point, and, and the defenders were sort of those guys. They weren't as good. Well, anyway, so this book uh, came out. It was a surprise to me, and 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 um. Of course, you know, I like the Defenders and I like Al Ewing's work. And I also really like Javier Rodriguez's art. And that was super cool. Super nice. That, yeah. And and that really stood out to me throughout this entire book. We can yeah, look, look at, at that page. There's a preview. If you haven't joined our Substack and you're not watching this, but you're only listening to this podcast, we have a Substack blog sort of newsletter thing. Um, that's at aroundcomics.substack.com. And so I posted a kind of a review of this with a, with a seven page preview. So you can look at the preview of defenders on that as well. That's Um, absolutely gorgeous art. And it worked, I thought absolutely brilliantly with Al Ewing's sort of skewed perspective on superhero comics. Yeah. You kind of want an Al Ewing, uh, Dr. Strange book now, don't you? Yeah, I really do. Yeah. I, I think he's just weird enough and smart enough that it would be pretty lights out um, to do one. But this is, I mean, this is very heavily a Doctor Strange book. At least this first issue is very much a Doctor Strange book um, from the standpoint that he, uh, I love like right off the bat, he gets a visitor that he doesn't know. Someone sort of breaks in, sort of warps into the... Hey, hey Will Eisner. Yeah. Oh, right. And this is a two-page <laughs> spread. You can't really see it mm-hmm. in this preview, but this is two-page spread. And it's like it's like, J, it's like J. H. Williams meets uh, right. Eisner, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and it also has like, who is the artist that did? Remember, uh, Marcos Martin. It has some Marcos Martin in it as yeah. well. I feel like, yeah. uh, but nice. really pretty and works really well with. Um, this story, which is basically the uh, the uh, masked what's his name? Um, God damn it! Now I can't think of it. the masked raider. Mm-hmm. Um, pops into the Sanctum Sanctorum, and he uh, initially, you, you know, like every good superhero comic, you kind of have a fight between him and, and Doctor Strange, and then Doctor Strange quickly realizes this guy has something powerful he's a powerful being he's wearing this mask that is actually the a part of the being uh eternity so he can sort of yes he's very powerful he can he can sort of fight dr strange with his own magic even though he doesn't have the training to do it and then they they soon come to an understanding and the master raider explains he's not there to fight with him but there's a problem he's been uh chasing down um uh, a time travel magic that's gone okay. awry there's that is, that is the that is the that most, is the most marvel, marvel of of comic comic setups set ever ever oh right yeah for sure i mean that's that's perfect you know i mean yeah, that's just yeah. how they how they start but um one of the things i really dug about this was the way al ewing sort of talked about magic and had doctor strange talking about magic he he was interestingly enough um using tarot cards which is was really interesting to me because it's like I never really associated Doctor Strange with tarot cards. Like yeah, yeah. Marvel magic is different to me than like 
everyday magic like tarot cards or or tarot cards or seem below, they seem beneath yeah. him yeah. yeah yeah well in this they definitely are not he actually uses them huh. um and and you know i can't do it justice you kind of have to read the book to understand it but he does it in a way where he explains sort of what Doctor Strange is doing. Doctor Strange is sort of narrating his own actions as he's using these tarot cards to put together the, def the defenders. And it's a dangerous thing. Like, it's not a simple thing. He, he talks about, like, magic always has a price. And what he's doing with these tarot cards is he's, he's re-guiding these people's destiny. And it's very powerful mm. people as well. The Silver mm -hmm. Surfers, the first one he gets, and with the tarot cards, he's he's sort of reguiding their destiny, and that's a powerful thing, and it's going to come around at some point and extract a price There's for having pr done that. Yeah, There's but he has to do to it. Paid. There's always a price, um, and so he, the, you know, it's a very unique, interesting way of sort of putting this team together. Um, so it's it's Silver Surfer, uh, uh, Betsy Ross, who's now Red Harpy. Um, the Masquerader didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, well, that well, she's from the Hulk. If you read Al, she she's a she was okay. kind of, that the happened Mortal. to her in in Al Ewing's Hulk run. Okay, so um, Immortal Hulk run. Yeah, Immortal Hulk, uh, which is coming to an end. Uh, Doctor Strange, the Masked Raider, who I don't know really much about, and then a character called Cloud, who is apparently incredibly powerful as well, and sort it of was a, yeah, cosmicy. Yeah, very cosmic-y, but it was a really interesting way for him to uh, put this team together and sort of also kind of re-explain yeah. uh, re how magic works a little bit in the Marvel Universe in a very Al Ewing kind of way. What's And, I, and I'm, I'm starting to see, okay, I see what he's doing. You've got Doctor Strange, you've got Silver Surfer. The the uh, the red harpy is that who she is? Yeah, instead so that's, of Hulk, is that's kind of the Hulk, and then you know, the the masked who? The masked raider. Okay, that's your that's your ghost rider. Yeah, I would and then, say, and then Cloud is your Valkyrie. Uh, probably yeah, somewhere in there. Well, what, well, somebody asked. Uh, Sean Burris asked, no Nighthawk. Um, <laughs> that that's an the red sex. harpy. She she's got wings, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, cool. I don't know if he intentionally tried to sort of, you know, make it like the original team or not, but um, it's a really powerful team, and they're going to need to be because who they end up, at, you find out at the end of the issue who they're going up against, and it's it's a very interesting. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but um, it's a very powerful character. So it's so. a Mephisto Galactus team up. Um. I don't want to give anything away. Could be on that power scale. It could be on that, that power scale. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. Galactus, if, if you mentioned Galactus, it's somewhere along those lines. So. Ah, gotcha. But Watch it was really you. good. I, I taken on. There finally someone has taken on the fucking Watcher. <laughs> it's it's about it's about time. The Watcher didn't do anything. Come on. Um, but it was really good. I mean, I, I know I'm a big Al Ewing fan, and I'm I'm sort of a, uh, you know, as the kids say, a simp for Al Ewing. You are but, you are approaching like Greg Rucka level yeah. with your love for this guy. Tom's well, gonna start I, talking about just, you lighting I mean, candles and taking bubble baths, thinking about no, Al Ewing. I don't need to be Al Ewing's friend or anything. <laughs> I, 
I really like his work. I really think I like how he looks at comic books. I like how he, his perspective on these these characters that have been around for a long time. I loved what he did with the Hulk because I think he he's obviously a comic book fan. He's obviously has knowledge of the history of these characters and appreciates it. But he wants to do something new and different, and he's done that with the Hulk, and now I think he's doing it with the Defenders and Doctor Strange. And I'm really interested to see what he does with like a character like Silver Surfer. I, what, um, what I what I like about him is that you know there are some, and this is not a knock on. He, I don't want to call him one trick pony writers, but there are some writers that are really good at telling a specific kind of story. Yeah. Then there are guys like Jeff Lemire who can can tell tell sci-fi western superhero you know whatever you know it's why alan moore is the is is the goat is because he can dominate any genre that you throw at him and al ewing seems to be able to do that because i'm seeing him write different types of genre which brings me to our trade talks which is 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 our kind of book of the month club which we are now trying to do monthly Mm-hmm. I gotta play the trailer if we're oh. gonna, if we're gonna talk Go trailer. This you were so awesome. you were you were so proud of yourself whenever you made that. <laughs> I'm Chris, and I'm here to talk about we only find them when they're dead on this trade is, talks. This um, is my- this is my trade talk. Yes. So we we only find them when they're dead is this month's trade talk. You can uh, you can order that from your favorite online or go into your favorite LCS as a nine ninety nine uh, price tag for volume one. Or you can do what a lot of us do and read it on the hoopla. It's on the hoopla. Hoopla. The hoopla. Go support yes. your local library and get your card and read comics for free on hoopla. Yeah, Hoopla's awesome. I uh, I've already finished that. That's I already read it. I'm ready to talk about. It. I may read it again by the time nice. Uh, we we uh, we talk about it at the end of it's the. It's amazing how fast we can get to a trade talk when it's not twelve issues of 1980s <laughs> Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of that, so whose pick is it after you? Is it? It's my pick, right? I guess. So I gotta, I gotta, I better start yeah, talking. Think yeah, about yeah. What yeah. I'm expecting want. you're you're gonna pick the uh, Howard the Duck omnibus. Oh. No, what if the what if omnibus? What if omnibus? I, we were talking about that, so I think we should do that. The what if it's only like five hundred and seventy-five pages or something. It, it's funny. Back in the day, we did have one of the uh, one of the original what if authors or writers on around comics. I don't know Who if you remember that? that. Don Glute. Don Glute. Yeah. Ah, look at that! I guessed that. I did. didn't know. I just was thinking, like, I bet it's Don Glute because he seems like the he would be the what if writer. Yeah. So some of those some of those what if stories were, you know, it's and it was probably some of the like what if Bucky was Captain America. You know, that seems like a Don Glute right. kind of. You know, it's like basically I think they probably came to him and say, you know, it was Stan is like, yeah, uh, Don, we uh, you know, we need you to write a story that uh, what if Bucky was Captain America? And Don would say, well, that's kind of stupid, but okay. Uh, <laughs> my my favorite. My they favorite memory. 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it was $40 a story. So that's that, all I can we, afford. Now let had... me get in my private helicopter <laughs> and go to Los Angeles. When 
when we had Don on the show, and he was a super nice guy, really a, a, a very interesting a to talk gentleman. to. I would say Don Glute was a gentleman. Don Glute was an absolute gentleman, and it was fun kind of hearing about Marvel in the in the 70s, you know, into the into the early 80s. But the reason we really had Don on the show was because he was one of the, you know, hired, you know, hired gun writers for the, the Masters of the Universe stuff. Um, and so, you know, the way that he tells it, he is the one that named Castle Grayskull, and he wrote a lot of the backstory for the for the Masters of the Universe stuff. And I'll never forget how sad Tim Seeley was whenever he was at at Dark Tower. Super excited to talk to, to Tom because Tim and his brother are huge Masters of the Universe fans. And he was super geeked up to talk to Don about this. And Don is like, yeah, it was a job. <laughs> and, and just, you could just see like 12 year old tim seeley was just crushed <laughs> by this revelation Never that it was, just, it was just a gig just a, <laughs> i just needed some cash i i, I had just gotten divorced uh, i needed some cash quick and, uh, <laughs> i was going through a divorce <laughs> somebody wanted a story about toys i don't know what the, you know <laughs> Listen, this bourbon isn't going to pay for itself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was. Um, oh. Well, the funny thing was when you, I don't remember how we got Don on the show or why. He came exactly. in. He's a he's a Chicago guy. No, and, no, I know that, but yeah, I, but it was about it was, it was Beatty. He went into Dark Tower, and I Mark Beatty told him about the show, and then Don's like, "Oh, I'd I'd sit in on that." So yeah, Mark Beatty. Well. Sending to us. We, I think when he first came on the show, he was talking about uh, the movie he had made. Yeah. Whatever, Dracula or whatever the hell it was. And I had no idea he was a comic book writer. I didn't know who Don Glute was. I had no idea, but he was yeah. he was terrific to talk to for sure. Yeah. I think those episodes, I've, I've actually recently posted those on the feed now. I'm trying to, to post all the back episodes. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, there's a lot forgetting. of them. What are we on? We're getting close to 383. Heck, we're going to get uh, dangerously close to 400 episodes here. Right. How no is kidding. it not like like 1,000 episodes? It feels like I've done at least 1,000 episodes with you. I mean, well, here's the thing. We have probably another 200 episodes that are not official around comics episodes. They're like bonus episodes uh, and book of the month and yeah, blah, 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 and this and that and the other. So... We have probably more episodes than than the three eighty three, but um, we didn't number them all that way. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Well, Joe Joe uh, Galuzic, I hope I didn't butcher that too bad. Um, says he was a good guest. He was yeah. a good. He was, he was a good a, guy. Yeah, he was a good yeah. fella. I remember. Oh wait, I can't do Stan. I can, <laughs> I can only do, like I have to remember. It's funny. <laughs> The only time I can remember how to do my Stan Lee impersonation, which isn't great, but I think I, I was trying to get better at it, is if I actually remember when I met him and, and he said, oh, this is terrific. You should send this to Marvel. And then I clicks for me. Once I hear that in my head, it's like, <laughs> Don Glute. Yeah, I know. It yeah, I Sean, know. Sean Burris once say, uh, listen, this bourbon isn't going to pay for itself t-shirt. And I agree. <laughs> That's right. Comics. Yeah. 
Wow, we're getting all of the all of the AC faithful are out tonight. There must not be any baseball games on or anything. Something I don't know. Yeah. Some... Oh, and you're right. Thanks for posting that on Facebook because yeah, the Cubs and Reds for the for the Dyersville Field of Dreams. What a <laughs> horrible goddamn choice! Both those those teams are going to lose up 200 games combined next year. <laughs> right now, I don't know if the Cubs could win 20 games. As soon season. as I saw that, I. Uh, well, what a, of- what a bullshit. But, I mean, uh, it's yeah, I'm bummed that the Cardinals didn't make that game last year with the White Sox. But you know, now they're out the Reds, of it. Make it the Red Sox and Dodgers. Make it make it two teams that actually give a fuck about winning a game. You know. Wow. I don't want to get into this. I don't want to get into this. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I know this is a touchy subject. I was just bringing up the fact that your Cardinals were not going to be in the Field of Dreams yeah. game. I'm upset because I think the White Sox should be in it every year, but that's yeah. that's. Oh, but all right. Good. What else? Chicago team. All right. Um, oh, mention uh, Tim Seeley real quick. I did read uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, King Shark. King. Oh, you know, I meant to read that. I did yeah. not. Uh, I did not was, read. It, it was, it was it good. Fun. Fun. You know, everyone's loving the King Shark now that the movie is out. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's a it's a funny story. It's a, a, a like an F list villain. It's a Suicide Squad story. Uh, what? So, defacer who i guess is one of of dick grayson's ex-girlfriends and she's doesn't actually have a superpower she's uh she's like a uh vandal she does graffiti like obscene graffiti which sends king shark after her no no king shark really likes her and befriends her and and actually kills another like f list villain because in in prison and and Amanda Waller figures out that that she's kind of lost control of King Shark and the only way that she can control him is by holding this other f list villain uh, who he likes holding her you know uh, life in the balance so uh, she gets to go off on this like bananas. Uh, mission with king shark and uh yeah it's a very tim seeley story it's it's funny defacer and her mentor pigeon were known as art terrorists yes due to their attempts to steal and vandalize public statues and icons as a form of protest were they stealing like civil war generals no they're like painting dicks on them (laughs) wow that that is a very that is a very Tim Seeley character. Very Tim Seeley character. And I'm sure that Tim's eyes lit up when he's like, oh, and I get a killer? I get... <laughs> I, uh, it's Suicide Squad, so you assume everyone's going to die. I'm going to be... Um... I'm going to be talking to Tim actually this week on the first episode of Origin Stories with Brian Salazar and Tim Seeley. It'll be uh, I, I'm going to talk to Tim about his first ever published comic book and how he got there and uh, I can't remember the name of it now. He sent me it. Say, is it is it a GI Joe like, whenever No, it's something uh, it was a it was actually a book that crossed over with Savage Dragon. Um, but okay. it's Bunny what the f- hold on let me I got to look it up because it's too good not to share um what he, he sent me like a link to it uh because awesome, i think of like his early work it's like him and norton working on gi joe when it when devils do 
had that property. Yeah, I think this is before that. So before, uh, um, before before early two thousands, GI Joe. Before yes, all right. Where are my messages? Here yeah, we go. That probably would have been about two thousand three, two thousand. Okay, so it was called Love Bunny and Mister Hell Number <laughs> One, and uh, it's uh it's available at Barnes and Noble. Strangely enough, I don't know why you can buy issue number one on barnesandnoble.com for 99 cents. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know who love bunny love bunny really wants to meet savage dragon, her crime fighting partner, Mr. Hell. Not so much. And it's, it's, it's it's exactly (laughs) like, it's some sort of weird Cthulhu monster and this girl dressed up in a bunny costume. I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated to know, uh, as much as I can so find basically out. Basically, Tim is writing the same stuff twenty plus yes, years later. Yes. <laughs> but we'll find out about all that. Awesome. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it because you know it's a it's a different kind of inter- interview show. Um, it's not the standard questions. So yeah, I'm I'm really yeah, I, I, I'm really going to try and gear this towards just sort of uh, understanding um, your you know how a writer gets from i have an idea i want to be a writer how do i become a writer like that's my goal of these interviews is is to talk to writers about like hey how did how did you get that first script done how did you finally get over or and did you have problems getting over anything was it you know was it a struggle was it something that came naturally was it you know how how you know and 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 that I want to take that angle with it. So that's going to be why that's why it's called origin stories. Most of them will probably piss you off and say, yeah, it's no big deal. It was nothing. I just, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just did it. I didn't, I didn't even realize I was doing what? it. And yeah. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. my girlfriend sent it off to a publisher on a whim and they liked it. And you know, then I got a check. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what it left. So that'll be, I think thir- it'll probably be available Friday. I'm talking to him Thursday. So well, Sean that. says I'd listen to that podcast. Well, Sean, well, guess what? If yeah. you are if you're a patron, you're going to be able to put that in your ear holes, <laughs> your ear or any holes you could or any I mean, hole you download choose. it and put it wherever you want, really. Mm-hmm. But you will be able to listen to it uh, probably this week, probably Friday is my guess is nice. when it will. That and like seventy two more episodes of the Big Geek Show between now and then because I just can't <laughs> stop talking. I just have yeah. many I've seen, you, seen you pumping them out. It's so easy. It's just the easiest yeah. thing in the world. I literally just jump in the car. I put. I have a. I bought a little uh, clip-on microphone mm-hmm. for my hand recorder. I drive twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes. Talk on the way, no breaks. Boom! Put it up. It's it's simple. It's easy. Can't can't go wrong. There you, you go. Know. Nice. Outstanding. Um, what else? I I, um, I made the mistake of trying to read a Grant Morrison comic whenever I was not giving it my full attention. I was sitting in the living room, and you know, Marta and I usually have Jeopardy on, so I'll read a comic and look up Jeopardy. and answer a question here or there. And and I got like four pages into Superman and the Authority number two, and I'm like, what? Wait, oh god damn it! I have to pay attention to this comic book. Um, proving once again that that uh, Grant Morrison can grind me down with his his wordplay and thoughtfulness and <laughs> stuff. His and, thought, yeah. It's like, oh god, oh god. I just want to read dialogue, and uh, yeah, I was, uh, and he was getting all 
all white and meta and stuff with like an artificial intelligence organism that was based on on it based its its behavior on the internet so it was basically this horrible horrible like <laughs> body shaming troll <laughs> and, god <laughs> did we actually get to see the authority yet in the book that's they, called superman and the yeah, authority yeah kind of um i don't know what the, so this new super team is is um uh the female steel so it steals niece nat, nat natasha natasha nat um so she is she's steel the new steel um it's uh the the older superman i don't know which which universe they're picking this one at it's like the pre it's like pre kingdom come superman but kind of that he's aging and that's the whole thing is that he's aging he's not depowering but he's he's like he's like the rest of us he's uh doesn't have all the vim and vigor that he did and so he has to recruit this team he what speak for yourself hey yeah um and uh, Manchester Black, he and Manchester Black, which is an interesting pairing. Uh, Manchester Black, who definitely reads like an early 2000s Warren Ellis character, um, but doesn't have a connection to the authority. They're putting together a team. And so the first one is Steel. And then the next two are uh, Apollo and Midnighter. So there's your there's yeah. your two authority characters. And then they are recruiting the enchantress so it's the enchantress enchantress yeah like uh yeah the um the witch wait isn't that a marvel character different enchantress <laughs> i didn't know dc had a enchantress as well yeah yeah oh, so okay. um um yeah so it's um yeah it's a book it's it's a book. That's it's a your book. book. It's a book. I it's it is two a issues. Book. It's two issues into a Grant Morrison book. And I have I mean it's a it's a it's two issues of getting the team together. So Al Ewing did it in half an issue. Back in the day. <laughs> half an issue, then they're half. you fighting Mole Man or Loki or whoever, and boom, you're on to the next Back one. when I did it, me and it's Jack. Like, you know, we got I, the team together on the cover. At, I want more people to read like uh, Detective Comics number twenty-seven. That fucking origin story is one fucking page long. Uh, but they told it seven hundred times. Yeah, but the one. origin story, the original origin story for Batman, one fucking page. Yeah, but all the good ones are taken. Like, how do you come up with a good origin story now? It's it's difficult. But Al Ewing could do it. I was thinking about well, I re I read a uh, Al Ewing could do it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to get a I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get Al Ewing on the on my uh, origin, origin story. Nice. I would listen to that podcast. I've emailed him. We just got to find a time and place. And you've got about um, a six six hour time difference. So yeah, that's kind of going to be the issue. I don't know how either he's got to be you know up at three in the morning. <laughs> Or you're going to be calling him at like noon on Saturday yeah. before he has yeah. dinner. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
I read a book going back to sort of what you're talking about. Uh, I read a book called the Unbel- unbelievable unteens from the world of black hammer. Ooh. This is, uh, uh, Jeff Lemire and Tyler crook. Um, nice. it's another black hammer spinoff. Nice. Um, I haven't seen anything from Tyler crook in a long time. I'm sure he's done. Yeah. Stuff, but I just haven't noticed it. Yeah. I don't know what he's been up to. I don't know. Um, this, I really like though. It was, uh, it was, it was a fun book. Basically it's set in the same world as black hammer. It's set uh, a little bit, uh, a few years ago, I think it was 1997. And it starts off with this woman. Um, her name is Jane Ito and she is a comic book artist and she writes and draws this comic book, uh, called, um, the un- unbelievable unteens and it's this group of heroes kind of fantastic four-ish to some degree there there's uh i think there is actually four of them and like one of them is sort of a crystal rock monster one of them is a ghost guy person um one of them is a uh i think a telekinetic um, um and then the other one i don't know what the, the other one does but um but she's she writes and draws this comic and and then um one day she she she's at a comic book convention when the book opens and then uh she goes home and she's working on stuff and all of a sudden someone pops into her room and and her apartment and it's a guy what she thinks is dressed like um one of the characters from her book uh, she thinks it's like a weird fan you know what i mean like dressed up in cosplay uh and and creeping into room but he then tells her and tries to explain to her that no, I'm actually uh, the character from the Unteens. We were real, and you were our leader. And oh, just, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We all <laughs> forgot about it. And um, mm-hmm. and you know, but we got to go find the rest of the team. So that's how that's sort of the setup for it. So it's, yeah, I mean, is that just the world of Black Hammer? It's just like you know, nobody remembers what the fuck is going on. It kind of feels that way, yeah. It sort of seems like, uh, well, I think, yeah. And I got it again from this book. You know, I think with Black Hammer, there was certainly as that series kind of went along, there was this interesting thing that Jeff Lemire um, planted into it of sort of this meta textual idea or or fabric that he kind of weaved into it of like. Um, he he is the god of this universe. Yes. You know what I mean? Like and and um he's playing with these people that are super powered, but they're real people at the same time, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he kind of built that into the black hammer to some degree. So I think this is just another way, you know. I I almost get the feeling like he has a much bigger story in his head about the black hammer universe. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. it, like it seems that way. Like he's and he's slowly sort of putting it out there. So yeah, it it was interesting that it was sort of another group of heroes that don't remember that they were heroes, kind of a thing. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But I he's, did. He's, I really like the yeah. first issue. Well, he's always been a guy that is just so good at at building worlds so quickly. You know, it's like going back to like the Essex County stuff. He created this kind of immersive world that you know within a couple pages you're there you're transported to he's he's just Mm -hmm. an incredibly effective world builder and black hammer is 
you know, kind of, kind of his, you know, I don't want to say, you know, his magnum opus, but, you know, it's, he, he has created a very expansive world and it's you well, know, probably since Hellboy, you know, I don't know if anyone yeah. is, has, you know, done something this like big in scope. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, he's sort of secretly just recreated the Marvel Universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's he's mm-hmm. created his own little Marvel Universe. Yeah. And, and a lot of DC. There's a lot of DC, you know. Both, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's these characters are, are not all that unique in first glance. You know what I mean? They're, they're analogs for other characters and ciphers for, for Marvel or DC heroes. But he's playing, you know, it's like this is the stories that he would like to write maybe with the Fantastic Four. Or these are the stories that he would write with the Avengers if he was writing the Avengers. But nobody's probably going to um, let him uh, do that. Nobody's going to let him write the story that he wants to write about the Avengers necessarily. You know what I mean? So Then he got uh, big enough to say, fuck it. I'm doing it. I'm calling it a back course. I mean, well, that's an interesting thing. I don't know if we want to go down this road or not, but you know, the whole Substack thing, which I don't even know if you're really familiar with it at all. No, I need you don't, to. You, I need you to. don't really. Yeah, you don't really pay attention to to a lot of that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, Substack, which we have a Substack, I've talked about mm-hmm. around comics. I saw I saw a story about um, people self-publishing through Substack is that right yeah well it all started with with um Tinian uh John Tinian the fourth mm-hmm. um apparently he was set to re-sign uh his exclusive deal with DC Comics he's been writing Batman and a couple of other books um for DC and they were gonna they were gonna sign him to an another exclusive three-year deal but then through some back channel sort of thing, someone else having a conversation with the people that run the blogging platform, Substack. Uh, And I did a whole Big Geek Show episode on this, if you're really interested. I talk about it for about a half hour. Uh, But anyway, so somebody else in comics sort of was talking with Substack about the idea of using their platform to self-publish comics, to to do... um, basically web comics but in regular comic book format mm-hmm. releasing them on their on their digital platform okay uh, well that's i don't know why that's, that's, well, that's that. kind of like the um um uh bkv brian k vaughn isn't that what yeah kind of yeah, he yeah. has his own sort of thing but this just mm-hmm. sort of opens it up for anyone to do it and and but it's a little different too because it's 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 kind of like patreon where you just sign up for a monthly fee and then oh, okay. they publish whatever they're going to publish. And so, like, but with Tinian, at least, and I think with Scott Snyder and maybe Scotty Young now is on there. He's Scotty's doing uh, I Hate Fairyland. The next version of I Hate Fairyland is going to be on there. So you pay a monthly fee and they, they sort of, you know, print whatever. But with Tinian, at least I know, I don't know about anyone else, but with him, he was, pay, he's being paid. He was given money by Substack to sort of become a publisher to not only publish his own books, but curate other creators and do the same thing. So they're sort of getting into the publishing, but they're not. And the nice thing about Substack with, for creators at least is they own everything. There's no Substack owns nothing. Mm -hmm. They don't 
any rights to the books or anything that's published. It's probably just take a cut out of the the subscription. I would imagine they take a cut of of, yeah the monthly subscription. Well, just like Patreon does with us. Whenever you sign up to be a Patreon for Around Comics, you pay your five dollars a month. You know, we get like four and change or whatever. Yeah. So that's so a bunch of creators have now started moving over to that, which is one of the reasons I signed up for it. Also, I I like the format, and I'm like, ah, you know what? It gives me an opportunity to write other stuff, like reviews or or just you know sort of post other stuff for around comics on there. So that's what I've been doing. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm not sure where it's going to all end up or where it's all going to go. But it's sort of an interesting thing that if if um, it if it plays towards um creative freedom and actually paying creators for the product that they do yeah it will be bought up and destroyed by somebody <laughs> maybe eventually maybe well the interesting thing is you're having more and more creators leave and like you know mm-hmm. we've talked about this for years i mean it was happening when we first started doing the podcast the idea of like creators no longer giving their best ideas to Marvel and DC, saving it for their own stuff, creating a name for themselves, creating a brand for themselves, working for Marvel and DC, writing, you know, writing or drawing Spider-Man, Batman, whatever you will. But once you get a big enough name, doing your own stuff through image, usually um, that you own, you know, that you, you own the TV rights to, you're not, you know, creating a character like gravity, I was going to say, if Mike and Sean could go back in time and do right. a Gravity series at Image, you know that you know they would. So this they, is even yeah. taking Image out of the picture, where it's mm-hmm. directly, you know, you're getting it directly from the creator to the creator, that sort of yeah. thing. Now, I think most of them are going, you know, they've everyone that sort of announced stuff has has also said, well, we will publish these at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, initially, they were released online but that we will be publishing that kind of stuff and yeah you know donny cates and ryan stegman just announced you know that they're <laughs> they're going to be moving over and doing yeah. stuff on Substack. and like i said scotty's doing i hate fairyland the next volume of it on Substack first and then it'll be released but they're also it's an interesting thing because and i think it really it's interesting for us as podcasters because it it's also going to sort of, I think, cut into that world of like, you know, promotional mm-hmm. you know, creators going on podcasts and giving away information or promoting their next book or that kind of a thing. You might see less of that because they're going to be more focused on building their own brand through their newsletter, through their sure. Substack channel if you will mm-hmm. and putting videos up and and i think you've already started to see that a lot of creators already have their own podcasts a lot of creators you know are going to you know maybe do more of that kind of a thing now as you know because i think one of the charming things about substack is like you know you're seeing these creators are posting pages of work but they're also posting stuff about it they're posting you know behind the scenes stuff and and you know sketches and whatever else all the bonus material that they have and 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 building excitement and giving more information about it on, right you know right there to the to people that are subscribing and so it's an interesting thing and you know i cool. i i don't know how it'll change pod, publishing let alone podcasting but i think yeah. both of those things in are going to change a little bit because of this in some way it, or it's amazing. I and mean, we're, we're, as far as comics go, we're part of a very weird generation because we remember 
probably very early on the drugstore era of comic books where, I mean, I started buying comics um, on a spinner rack. They were still mm -hmm. at the, you know, 7-Eleven or I went to the Hubs, yeah, me too. was our was our convenience store. The, the specialty market was just kind of coming into existence, you know, whenever we were 10, 12 years old. So we, you know, probably caught the very tail end of, of like the drugstore, mass market, um, magazine style, you know, comic book distribution, and then went into the direct market, which is a huge publishing change. And then you get to, you know, the image you know, breakup of the the big creative talent in the early 90s and, you know, kind of the, you know, meteoric rise of of a lot of, you know, independent you know, publishing. You even go back before that to the black and white boom of the mid 80s. And so now we've got this whole digital revolution and, and trying to figure out between, you know, a Kickstarter and, you know, and now this. It's, yeah. it's I guess what I'm getting at is it's amazing to see how the publishing and distribution models for comic books have changed so much in the last 40 years. I mean, all the time, constant, constant change. Well, constant but I think part, change. I think part of it is the creators like tired of getting fucked. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's sure, the driving force behind yeah. it is like, yeah. why are we giving our best ideas? Why are the creative people, the people that are actually coming up with these stories, actually coming up with these ideas, and doing the work, why are they getting the least amount of the of the lion's share of this stuff? It, you know, and so I think creators are really tired of that kind of thing. And as you, you know, the digital world has just given them the ability to to you know cut out the middleman and and go directly to their fans and build up a fan base. Now, I still think there's an interesting thing of like. You know, James Tinney and the fourth had been writing comics for quite a while. It wasn't until he started writing Batman that he was able to build up mm -hmm. enough notoriety, a name for himself, sure. to then go and do this sort of thing. So I think there's always going to be, you know, that process, you know, but I think it's getting easier and easier to sort yeah. of build your own brand, build your audience without that kind of thing, maybe. And and at some at some point, if you start to see like creators just sort of whole cloth creating a career without going to marvel and dc which i, I think mean, you have to we, some degree we have i mean who's the yeah uh the gal um who outsells every comfort creator ever oh um, yeah uh, a smile and um yeah yeah i'm just drawing yeah up. I, I still i still have a hard time I still have a hard time calling that comics. I don't, I not that I don't, I mean, I understand they are comic books. They are comics, they're cartoons, they're all that sort of thing. But I think that those, everybody always brings that up, like the sales numbers of her books, the sales numbers of uh, Dog Man, that kind of stuff. Sure. But it, sure. I mean, we both know it's a completely different demographic. It's, that's it's a, reading yeah, it's a, it's a different creature. You know, I, I yeah. think one of the things that you, that you mentioned, I think it was, you know, a definite, you know, sea change in comics is that we remember the time when creators would do their creative creator owned work, trying to work their way up through those so they could one day yeah. write or Working draw Spider-Man or Batman, you know, and it's like, once you did, you know, great as a, as and you know, Bendis, Bendis was doing you know, like torso, and, right. You know, it's in you know, powers. 
And well, I mean, we had so many guys on in the early days of the podcast that you know we found them through independent work through oh, Matt Fraction, Jason Aaron, so many know, guys. And, and, yeah, and then eventually they became you know Marvel and DC mm-hmm. staples, and 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 that and was then how they went it, back. I just think, yeah, and then they went back, and and now they don't. Yeah, I mean, look at Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Like they don't want anything to do with you know. Uh, but it's once again, it's getting screwed over. I mean, comic yes, books have uh, a long, long history of screwing over creators. So this is this is them trying to get out from underneath that, you know, in, in, more and more. And I think the interesting thing to me is also just sort of like, as a fan, you know, I think you kind of get in the habit of like, oh, I really like this creator's work. I'm going to follow this creator. Mm-hmm. Whatever they do, I'm gonna go do, and we've we've had that for a long time. You know what I mean? Like John Byrne was, a, you know, one of the early guys. I think where it's like or, wait, Kirby, you know, but yeah. Kirby did everything, so maybe that doesn't count. But but you know what I mean? Like you yep. have so Byrne, Byrne, Paul Smith for me. Um, I'm trying to, but think imagine of, like, yeah. well, I guess you could, but like imagine, you know, Alan Moore. I'm just gonna make comics that you have to subscribe to monthly and none of the money goes anywhere, but to me and the artist done. Hey, Alan, you, you maybe you want to make comics again. Like you don't have to, you don't have to have anyone involved. <laughs> Nobody owns it. See, well, Alan I don't North, have to play by your rules anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but imagine like if this existed 20 years ago, mm-hmm. could, could Alan Moore have, of done, you know, become, Tell you what, America's first comics wouldn't have been published through right? Wildstorm. Would Watchmen? You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. who knows? It's interesting to sort of. Hey, I want to. I want to point out a post. Uh, uh, we got a lot of comments right now yeah. going. Yeah, good. Thank you, Greg Porter, for the. Yeah, nice, th- nice Greg comment. Porter. He said, uh, "I have not read the Unteens, but I just wanted to let you guys know I am so freaking happy you guys are not only back, but seem to be staying back. <laughs> I made it for a year. I we're about a year." Plus. <laughs> no, we've actually been doing a couple of years now. Yeah, we know. Um, okay. Yeah, I really look forward to all your posts a lot. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. We we appreciate it as well. Yeah. Uh oh, I something happened. Now I can't. Uh, you can't take I it can't away. Rid, I can't get rid of his bow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We'll just go through all of them. Yeah, there's been quite the. Uh, yeah, it's it's speaking of if if you um uh tuesday nights usually about uh, eight o'clock central standard time we started just a wee bit early today because uh mm-hmm. tom usually uh uh starts right at eight whenever he gets his kids put down so we start a little early but uh, yeah if you want to you can you know hop on on the uh the youtubes or the facebooks and uh i, lo- and I love these guys are just talking to each other now they're not that's even... what i it's awesome yeah yeah talking to us so that's they're that's pretty talking cool. about uh uh mike grill and John Byrne and George Perez and yeah, Mike Zach's a good one. Um, was was I guess Frank Miller one of the, one of the first? I'm gonna follow this guy no matter what for me, kind of guys. Me for sure. Yeah. Uh, Frank Miller was was absolutely one of the the first. I mean, his Daredevil stuff was kind of a game changer. I think um, Howard Chenkin for me was a guy. Chenkin, yeah. American Flag. After that, I everything that he was gonna do, I would I would and if. It's interesting because like I haven't signed up for any of these guys Substacks at this point. You know, and you can <laughs> sign up as like a monthly or you can sign up for um 
yearly i think you can actually some of them you can sign up like a lifetime like a pay of 300 dollars or something and you're a lifetime you know mm -hmm. subscriber or something um but it's like i want like if if mike zek or if howard chankin started one and was going to publish their own comics i'm like oh i would i might have to fucking <laughs> I, I might have, have to be a lifelong fan of howard chankin yeah, it might be interesting to see some of the you know older guys mm -hmm. if they start to sign up for this stuff. You know, would be kind of in built. Oh, you know, you fucking Neil Adams has been waiting for this in his entire <laughs> life. Finally, I get to publish my yeah. Hollow yeah. Earth graphic novella. Yeah, but his Substack is three hundred dollars a month. A month? Yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> Love you, Neil. <laughs> um and and worth every penny it's it, it would for entertainment value alone and i my neil adams sketch is one of my prized prized possessions so, <laughs> i remember that day yeah i had to negotiate that thing big time <laughs> I, I mean for me it makes so much more sense because honestly like it, it's not that it's a rarity, but there are way more Marvel and DC books that that get published every week that I don't read, that oh, I'm sure. not interested in, than than what I am interested in. But there's still creators that I'm very much interested in what they're doing. You know, I I posted on Sean Phillips, I think it was his Instagram page. He posted, uh, it was something about um, the last uh, the last hardcover that they did. Um, um. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it off the top oh, of my head. Oh, it's a, a friend of the devil. I think yeah, that was it. Yeah, and and I just posted simply keep making them. I'll keep buying them. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like they've, they've got they've, a third one. Third one's due in yeah October. September, October. Yeah. Um, and I'll yeah. buy it. But if they if those two started a monthly subscription service for seven bucks a month, and we're and we're you know putting out short stories every month. Yeah. I would I would pay for that for yeah. sure. You know what I mean? Well, like and I, I love it. It's you know, us growing up, it was, you know, for most of the time it was it was an either or, you know, or both Marvel and DC. And a lot of us were Marvel kids or DC kids, you know, and then you'd maybe, you know, read both. I think that was, you know, kind of the Frank Miller thing. It's first time I read Batman is because it was Frank Miller doing it. Um, you know, and so it was either or, and then, you know, we had the, the, the boom in, in independent comics, and this is just an extension of that, you know, comics are comics are comics. And whether you want to read Marvel comics or DC comics or, you know, image comics or, you know, jump into, into the, you know, full on, you know, digital waters, you know, with, with web comics, they're out there and comics, I, I think are in a really good place right now. There's so much variety. It's impossible. It's like TV. It's impossible for me to keep up with all of the. Oh yeah, out there. sure. Well, and that's why I mean I've talked about this multiple times. Like I, it took me a while to get there, but it's like I finally got to a place where it's like, oh yeah, this stuff isn't all for me. Like it doesn't fine. need to be. Yeah, there's there's plenty of stuff out there that is. Not everything has to be for me. Like, did, when, when did when did you have that realization? Do do you have a comic where you like, oh, this isn't written for me. It's good, um, but this is not for me, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh you know there is, and I just can't remember what it was. That I do have got that Pilgrim. 
Oh, see, I <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. I like Scott was, Pilgrim still. Yeah, but that was written. Uh, right. for, that was written for Definitely people was. ten years younger than us. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. You're right. It was. I don't think I had that moment then mm-hmm. when I read Scott Pilgrim, but uh, no, this is probably more recent. It took me okay. a little longer. <laughs> yeah. I'm stubborn. It took me a little longer I, to get, sure, the, get sure. there. You know? yeah, but hungry. I knew Scott Pilgrim was was good and it was yeah. fun. But I'm like, oh, this is written for someone ten years younger than me, and oh, that person yeah. is is a full ass, you know, grown adult now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just you know, like like not 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 everything has to be for everyone. Like it shouldn't be. Like it's okay that. And and I think that's sometimes hard for comic book fans to accept because it's like, oh, well, I, you know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, like the Tim Drake thing that, you know, mm-hmm. this week, the, the, the bisexual uh, announcement or whatever of Tim Drake. And it's like, I'm sure there are people that are upset about that because it's like, well, I've been reading Tim Drake, you know, for years. And it's like, yeah, but do you need to read more Tim Drake? Like, or does that really change? anything about tim drake for you you know being robin like you you know what i mean so it's like if you don't like it then find something else you do like and they didn't go back and set fire to all of your old tim drake comics you have bagged and boarded and and have been you know cg scene and all that yeah so um i did want to mention something funny i uh weird comic book you'd mentioned frank uh frank miller's dark knight um Mm -hmm. So I was listening to uh, uh, the Conan. Actually, I mentioned his Batman. I was thinking of year one, but go ahead. Oh, well, I was I was listening to um, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. With, and he had, um, uh, oh, shit, Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. on, who's hilarious. Michael he's, Keaton. He's awesome. But they were, at one point he was talking about, you know, when it was first announced that he was Batman and, and how people were sort of losing Fucking their mind. Freaked out. Yeah. Oh my and, God. If there was an internet in 1988, when that was announced, it would have no, broken yeah. in half. Would have broken sure, in half. For sure. And he was, just, he had an interesting take on it. He's like, well, I, you know, he's like, I went into it. He's like, look, we, we knew we were sort of out on a limb, me and Tim Burton. And, and we yeah. kind of understood that. But what I didn't understand, and and sort of at the time, I was sort of like, people think about this that much? Like, there are people that actually think about, like, yeah. who is going to be Batman? Like, that seemed, it seemed like such yeah. a foreign thing Mr. to me. Mr. Mom is going to be Bruce Wayne? <laughs> yeah. No. And, and he's like, <laughs> I mean, we knew what we were looking to do. Like, we we were, and he, and he mentioned Frank Miller. He mentioned Dark Knight Returns. And he's like, that was sort of the template of Bruce Wayne that we were sort of looking at when, when we were going at this character. And I kind of, you know, I, like I said, I just didn't understand that people cared that much about it. He's like, now, you know, going back all these years later and seeing where the industry and where comic books have gone and like how it's completely in the zeitgeist a hundred percent. And, and so many people are into it. He's like, it was a lot different because he's, He's he's in the Batman, the new the Batman movie. Yeah. Um, he's like it was a lot different going into it. It was, it was an interesting process of going into it all these years later. And, and he's like, I have a much bigger appreciation for for it now than I did then. Yeah. 
um, as far as just like, oh yeah, a lot of people really care about this, and I get it. It's you know, you can see he's like, look where comic books have gone from that moment to now, and, and a it's lot of it. That movie, incre- we kind of, I think sometimes we discount how incredibly um, influential that movie was to comics. Oh, it was groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking, but I look at the like, direct influence that it had in Bruce Timm's uh, Batman animated series. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's stuff that's taken directly you know the the film score you know a lot of the the look and the gothic architecture i mean the, the tim bruce tim's batman the animated series doesn't exist without that movie yeah and you know i have to say i i, I you know we usually don't shit on comics here or really talk bad about anything i don't want to talk bad about it but oh, there is like batman 89 just came yeah, out i just didn't understand like why would you make that book and not lean heavily into the aesthetic of the original movie? Like there's That's such a strong, yeah. I mean, you have Tim Burton's visual, you know, representation of Gotham city and Batman and all the, you know, and, and yet they didn't do that in the comic going, you know, that's called Batman 89. Yeah. I'm like, why? What the hell? Why would you not make yeah. this basically Tim Burton comic book? Like, it made yeah. no sense to me that they wouldn't do that. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I didn't. I just didn't understand. I I was really kind of disappointed. Um, yeah, I haven't. Re- I haven't read it yet. I I I I felt like I was leaning hard into the DC this week, so I was gonna you, go you off back and off. Back to yeah, back. I've been reading a lot of DC lately for. Just some weird reason. I it's this stuff coming out that has been appealing to me. I love you know the black label stuff is is just something I, I find myself always really? kind of gravity gravitating to. Going back to Tim Seeley, I'm really looking forward to his uh, Superman versus Lobo black label that he's doing. That should be fun. That should be <laughs> Tim. Joe G says, uh, my wife loved the soundtrack for Burton, uh, yeah. Burton's Batman. Uh, that was great. I, I love the soundtrack. I, Prince, all the Prince songs on, uh, you know, the, come on, <laughs> how do you go wrong? With this is great what stuff. Was the, what was the one? What's the one? Uh, shoot. I can't, I always remember the moment like where Jack Nicholson is, uh, in the, in the, in the museum, in the art museum or, no, it's the one where he's on the street and he's like gearing up his giant weird vehicle thing or whatever. Oh, it's the- with the gig- gig- the 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 pistol that he keeps yeah. you you telescoping, but then it's telescoping like- out the the barrel and he shoots down the bat wing. Yeah, but he's like, yeah. let's give this city an enema, and then he he oh. like hits the button and it plays a Prince song, and it's yeah. like and he's oh, yeah. dancing. I'm like, that's weird. That's a really odd. It's a weird fucking movie, man. Yeah, it is it a is, weird. It is a weird fucking movie. Uh, I love both the the first show. I like that, and uh, was it Batman Returns with uh, 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 Michelle Pfeiffer, who's never looked hotter, and uh, Devito as uh, as the the Penguin. The Penguin, you know, weird Christopher Walken, which I'm sure he dances at some point. Yeah, that um, was weird. Tribute. That was another. Yeah, the Tim Burton Batman movies, cool, groundbreaking, fucking yeah, weird. weird. 
Well, yeah. everything Tim Burton does is is weird. Oh, and... uh, yeah, Joe Gluzik. Uh, that's another uh, another one uh, that I saw that looks really cool. It's a Fables uh, Batman crossover with uh, Batman Big versus B. Big yeah. B. Big B. Wolf. Yeah, Big B comes to Gotham. I think is is sort yeah. of the uh, the big bad wolf. Yes, uh, Fables is coming back. By the way, Fables is coming back. Yeah, excited well, about that. Yeah, good stuff. Love I'll tell you what, we are we are we're we've overshot our <gasps> predetermined limit of trying to keep these to about an hour. See, we didn't have Tom here to keep us in line. That's what happens That's whenever true. Tom isn't around. So, um, uh, first of all, to all of the uh, all the folks that joined us in the in the comments section, uh, love yeah. to see that. A lot of fun. Love the the interaction. It it gives us some awesome. extra stuff to to talk about, and we get to see what is uh, is vibing with you, which is cool um yeah so greg porter says oh wow i quit fables after about 10 years or 10 trades um <laughs> 10 10 trades in 10 years is what i would say and i i'm right there with you greg i never finished what? fables oh. i need to go i hey can't read i can all. understand it 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 it, it started to it sagged uh, it sagged after the big it the, did the, it the did. end of the big first story um and i think it it got I think it got better uh, after a while, and and I think it ended pretty strong. Hey, I, I stopped it... reading X Men after issue two hundred and the trial of Magneto. So <laughs> that was enough. That told the story. It's probably about where it's probably where I stopped reading X Men somewhere along there. That's that. I honestly, stopped... I think that's was the perfect end and done. We're good. I stopped uh, reading Spider Man a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, read yeah, something here or there. Um, all right, so let's let's uh, let's finish this up. Wrap it up. We talked plenty about Patreon. If you don't know about that uh, by now, you haven't been listening, so check that out. We've got all sorts of stuff coming up this week. Um, you know, ACTV, Tom versus uh, Sal's uh, Big Geek Show. Oh, uh, I wanted, story. Sorry, I wanted to to say we have a patron that has subscribed to the higher level, mm. and he's supposed to get. We have two now. He's supposed to get an end credit on an episode. But I can't get... I redid the video so that the end credit was there. And I can't get the fucking thing to render. (laughs) I've tried over and over. So I apologize. It's it's like the guy's... It's like Johnny Bag of Donuts. You know what? What we should do is we'll just... We'll we'll just hold up a sign. We're going to hold up a sign. And maybe the next week's episode will be... Will be sponsored by and dedicated to him, Johnny Bag of Donuts. I think was his name, or Doctor right. Bag of Donuts. Doctor Johnny Bag of Donuts. I think Doctor Johnny name. Bag of Donuts. Yeah, something like that. That's a it's a weird like WKRP mashup with another reference, probably. Well, yeah, Bag of Donuts was. Oh, that's an interesting uh, thing because uh, it was something Bag of Donuts was a character. I think Johnny B used to always refer to. So this guy might be a radio, like an old eighties radio talk yeah. radio. Yeah. So probably um, Howard Hessman and WKRP and <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, that's all right. Well, well, thank you uh, very much for that. Uh, yeah, we'll be back um, uh, with all sorts of Patreon stuff this week. Uh, I'm going to check out the Substack because apparently cool stuff is going on there. And uh, we'll be back for our regular show next Tuesday, uh, live streaming on YouTube, and then uh, released uh, as audio for, for all the other folks. 
probably Friday for origin stories, Sunday. We almost release something every day. Like at this point, if you're a patron subscriber, like you almost get something every single day. So uh, plenty. If this isn't hard for that money. That's right. Well, that's mm-hmm. right. Yes. Uh, Joe Gluzik. What if episode one, it came out on Monday. It did. We did. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We're going to talk about some, some Titans. Yeah. Stuff. Titans. And I, we'll probably, we're going to talk a lot about Black Panther. I, I did talk about Titans on the last uh, big geek show, but I, I kept it to a specific part of Titans. I didn't talk mm-hmm. about like the episodes. It was, it was just a very specific part. So what, what episode are you on? I think I finished the three. You're up through the three. So, like I said, they 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 compressed a lot of comic history in between episodes one and two. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, a lot yeah. of history there, real fast. Hey, just <laughs> cut out the fat, get to the good parts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're yeah. We're gonna we're going. I was right surprised. There. Um, I was surprised that it was him. Like, I, yeah. And I, were you I like, really wow, liked- that was fast. <laughs> it was fast. It was. I got what you meant. It was very quick. Um, that yeah, he was back. Um, I'm interested no to see where it goes because it it doesn't seem quite as clear cut as maybe. But it also seems like they're throwing you some red herrings. So I, I you know what I, I you know what I what I figured out about Titans. It doesn't have to go anywhere. Uh, it may just not go anywhere. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I think it will. I think it, I think it's going to go somewhere. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so we'll see. All right. Uh, what's we're done. We keep. Done. and next right. we'll mention tarantino and it'll be a four-hour podcast we'll be back on tuesday with another regular episode in the, the meantime in between time we're going to be everywhere in and around, and around comics, comics.